I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho, doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. We're back. A nice surprise episode for our uh, loyal 10 listeners. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside newlywed Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. Thank you very much. Or should I say, gracias. <laughs> yes, Eric had to be uh, deported from Mexico back to the U.S. after a lovely stay in Puerto Vallarta. Yes, good times. The uh, cab driver down there with the uh, anti-Trump sticker was, I think, probably my highlight down there, among other things. Yes, so go ahead and uh, go ahead and tell us. Let's talk about the wedding. Let's talk about your honeymoon before we get into uh, some baseball banter. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. And um, Yeah, we wanted to say hi. We wanted to do a show because we're getting really excited by the playoffs, so we'll break it down. But we thought, hey, let's let's give them the, uh, the best uh, 30 minutes of their lives. Yes, <laughs> as opposed to the best five minutes I typically get. <laughs> yeah, so... Well, really three because I'm going to drought true very uh, long 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 drought. long long year and a half drought hopefully uh hopefully that changes but we'll see yeah we we'll shall see. see um so yeah wedding dude that was a lot of fun man it's like i i had envisioned how i wanted that day to, to go and how i thought it was gonna go and it just exceeded everything it was uh you know it was everything i had hoped for and you know having all of you guys there with me it was just it was really cool man and uh it was good times. Very emotional. A couple times I, I couldn't help it. I'm a big softy. I tear up. Yeah. Eric Eric tears up and I, I can't take it. <laughs> you know, so first of all, we'll, we'll reset a story that if you listen to every show, I've, I've said it 500 times, but there's there's other people who haven't heard it before. Um, but the, the biggest baseball moment of my life was when I went to the game uh, where Trevor Hoffman passed Lee Smith for the all-time saves. So I was there with my dad, and we were jumping up and down, screaming and hugging each other, and that's by far to this day my favorite moment ever at a baseball game. So everyone's heard the story. They know it. And, um, you know, my dad has passed. When I was 20 years old, this was uh, seven years ago, he passed from prostate cancer. And I was telling you the day before the, uh, before the wedding, I said, man, like, this is great. I'm excited, but there's still a piece of me that's, that's missing, and it feels so unfair that he's not going to be there. You know, and it, uh, it it really hurt. And then I told you, but I do have a plan to tip the cap to the old man. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you'll see it. You'll see it when it comes. And I think you're going to like it. And then uh, the next day, we're sitting there at the wedding. We're all getting lined up to go down there and, uh, you know, for me to sign my life away. And uh, <laughs> we're getting Hey, re- look how it worked out for me. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready to go down there, and, and we're lining up, and, and the wedding planner, she's like, oh, are you ready? I was like, hold on. I turned around, and I said, hey, remember I said I was going to tip my cap to the little man? And you're like, yeah. And I nodded to her. I said, I'm ready. And all of a sudden, you hear hell's bells kick in. Oh, God, I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. Oh, man. And I'm like trying not to show the bridesmaid I was partnering with, because we all know who the real best man was. <laughs> Trying not to show her my emotion. I'm trying to be manly, but I couldn't take it. I got teary-eyed. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. It's like you hear the first bell, and then you hear like a couple people behind me like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, yeah. I, people in the crowd, I think, yeah, the people that uh, attended the wedding. Yeah. A great turnout, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, I think they got into it, too. I do want to throw it out there. I dogged Eric because all his family's from Missouri. Missouri. <laughs> It wasn't his family member that showed up, but I got to see a bolo tie. I called it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is true. 
And funny enough, the guy that wore the bolo ties from Santee. I don't care where he's from. I got to see the bolo tie. Shockingly enough, <laughs> that's all I cared about. But yeah, so I, and I had to, I had to throw it into my, I even threw it into my vows, like you know why we played Hell's Bells because of people who didn't know that yeah. I shared that moment with my dad. They're like, what the fuck? Because it's not the most. You know, I've never seen entrance music at a wedding. <laughs> it's completely unorthodox to play Hell's Bells walking into your own wedding ceremony. Yeah. But hey, I'm a pottery fan, dude, through and through. Everyone knows it, and I'll always be that way. And and you know, thanks to him, that's why I'm this way. We all had Tony Gwynn stance socks. Yeah, we did. Going in there, shout out to stance. Um, so yeah, I had to throw it in there, but that that was really cool. Um, and then afterwards, and uh, by the way, did you? Uh, I'm, I always wanted to ask during the vows there. Did I did I get you at all? Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah, you got me. When you told her I'm going to give you everything I got, it got me in two ways. Number one, um, because it's amazing to see you say that to the girl of your dreams. Who, by the way, our studio announcer Kelsey, absolute smoke show at the wedding. Absolute <laughs> smoke show. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Completely out of my league. Yeah. But <laughs> she's <laughs> such a you know she as beautiful as she is, she's also dumb because she hasn't realized it or but, blind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's definitely not with you for your looks. True. Um, but yeah, well, you got me for two reasons. Number one, it's a beautiful thing to say. And the whole ceremony, I was already trying. I, as soon as she started walking down, I saw you start to lose it. I start to lose it because that's just how I am. Um, and then I also thought, man, I remember when I said this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as uh, the best man AJ said, we see how that's working out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, sack of shit. The, what I think, honestly, is the coolest part of that day is what we're about to play for you guys. When we came in afterwards, so it's like 10 hours of pictures, right? Just, oh. oh, God, so many pictures. They're, they're going to be, I mean amazing to look at but god damn dude i feel like we're up there forever taking pictures i know man i've been there it, it once a long time ago <laughs> you'll get there again uncle I'll, teddy i'll land far away <laughs> uncle <laughs> teddy <laughs> so, we we have our intro whatever blah 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 everyone goes in they intro the the bridesmaids and the groomsmen and then I was they trying to hype up the crowd for you yeah you know, everybody's sitting down I'm like come on guys let's 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 get rocking in here. Let's go, white people. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go, white people. Let's, let's start. Let's start blowing this place up here. Right? <laughs> a, it's a party, not a wake. Let's go, white. people. They were just people. sitting there like golf clapping. I'm like, come on, everybody, stand up. Let's go. I was trying, uh, to, trying to hype them up like I was at a wrestling event to get them to chant. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. So we all come out, and then um, the plan was that Kelsey and I were going to get introduced, and we were going to go right into our first dance. So when they call us out, we we walk out there, and everyone's cheering, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, like the music doesn't hit. Um, one of my mother-in-law's friends, his name is uh, Jesse Watt. He comes out and he's like, "Hey, um, you know, I, I have something special that I put together for you guys." And I'm like, "What the hell? Like, what is this?" Yeah, I, I didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah, I, I had met, I, like, I had heard something that he was planning to put something together, but I had no idea what. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "You know, I I've known Kelsey since she was a little girl, and um, you know, I I know how much I love and care for her." Um, you know, Eric, I haven't known him. I'm, I'm not as close to him. I don't know him all that well. So I figured that I would get someone that he's very familiar with to intro uh, him into this uh, special day. You know, before you press the play clip, the first thing that came to mind is ridiculous as it sounds. I was like, what, are they going to hologram his dad in here? What the <laughs> what, what are the, Like Coachella? Yeah. You know, my dad come yeah, out? Like Tupac? Yeah. I was like, what are they, what are they playing? Who's close? I was like, maybe it's Reinhardt, your high school baseball oh, coach. Oh, Christ. <laughs> well, it's much better than that. Let's, yeah. uh, fucking my dad on a, you're a, you're a fuck. I was trying to figure out on the spur of the moment. Let's just go ahead and go on the clip You're an before, idiot. I, before I train wreck this even so more. So let's play what actually happened, because this is really cool. We'll, we'll step aside for a second and play this. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Turn your attention, please, to the bullpen entrance of the dance floor to welcome a man that at the ripe old age of 27 persevered through Little League, pitched for Monte Vista High School, and then continued to pitch her to join their loving team forever. And joining him, a lady who played academics at San Diego State, an intellectual star, and she knocked it out of the park in so many ways. Oh, my! Who allowed him to eventually catch her? Please put your hands together, and for the first dance, stand up, get loud, for Mr. and Mrs. Lobo. So there you have it. Dude, I was standing there, and Dick fucking Enberg. You looked like, because as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, holy shit, is he here? Yeah, me too. I was looking around like, oh my god, where is he? And then you turned back to me like, I don't know who it is. Dude, that's Dick Enberg. I'm like, I fucking know who it is. Yeah, I was like, I was sitting there, and, and uh, you know, Kelsey and I were sitting there, and, and I heard, ladies and gentlemen. I'm like, that's Dick Enberg. And I was like, are they playing some generic thing? And then they started, like, he started to, um, you know, describe me. I was like, I was like, first of all, persevere through Little League. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I was like, he's talking about us. I was like, is this, like, personal sh-? And I lost it, dude. And Kelsey didn't know who the hell it was. I was like, she had no idea. Yeah, I was like, that's Dick Emberg. And I was completely losing my shit because as a lifelong Padre fan, that's the coolest fucking thing. Um, so I was I was completely blown. I still am, dude. I, I listened to it at least like two or three times. See, I didn't have any special introduction like that at my wedding, so I know yours is going to make it further than mine, <laughs> just for that alone. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really cool. And honestly, once I figured out, like, hey, this is uh, this is personalized for us. My next thought was, oh man, he's going to butcher my last name. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my last name is, okay, it's, it's French. It's, I always say it's American, but it's French. So it's pronounced Labou. L, it's pronounced L-A-B-O-O. Like you're booing someone. Yeah. But it's spelled much differently. L-A-B-O-U-B-E. I've heard every variation you could probably imagine. And the jokes are hilarious. I mean, the 27 years I've heard them, they never get old. The Labadoo one from the post office lady verifying your identity was probably the best one. I was like, if Dick... Eric Labadoo? I was, dude, I was like, if Dick Enberg says Eric Labooby, I am going to fucking jump into this pool right now. <laughs> you had to pay a fat deposit for that. Yeah, so... Oh, man, I, I couldn't be happier with the way that turned out. I was, I was completely stoked. So I asked Jesse, I said, how the... Like, who did you suck off to make this happen? <laughs> And he's like, hey, you know, um, what happened was he was doing a like a local beer podcast or, you know, a local beer podcast of some sort. And uh, he saw Dick Enberg down at the whatever studio they did it at. I'm not sure. He said. He, Wait, the guy that talked to the podcast? He does. I'm not sure. He said that he uh, would discuss more of our beers at a later time. So I got to take him up on that. Ah. But he was doing like some sort of local beer podcast. And uh, he saw Dick Enberg there, and he said, hey, like, here's what's going on, lifelong Padre fans. The lunatic is playing Hell's Bells as he walks in. And so Dick uh, supposedly just said, hey, uh, put some info on some cards, and I got this. And he went in there and fucking recorded that, That dude. is amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. So God, like, you've had a hell of a year. This thing of how your year started. In April, we took the track when we first started the podcast, in March, actually, uh, when we first started the podcast, and you got to meet your childhood hero, Trevor Hoffman, tell yeah. him the story of you and your dad. He took a card from some other fan, signed it, and handed it to you. That's how this six-month journey started. Yeah. Six months later, you have Dick Emberg, who was voicing the Padres since 2010, and one of the greatest broadcasters of all time, introduce you 
as for the first time as a married couple at your wedding. Yeah. What a run you're on. Yeah, seriously. And everyone's asking when are the kids coming? Yeah, I know I'm I'm coming, but the kids aren't <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> Thank you for the visual. Thank you. I just see a bear mating. Yeah. Thanks. Anytime soon. So we're we're completely off the rails. Uh, Danny and I are both sick, um, but we're well enough to uh, as he <coughs> as he coughs there. We're well enough to do the show. Um, so just anyways, running purely off of Powerade right now. Yeah, and adrenaline, dude. This World Series is starting tomorrow, but we were, dude. The ALCS. In Amazing. Particular, in particular, wow. Yeah, the Dodgers pretty much steamrolled everybody. They swept Arizona, and they they've only lost one game the entire playoffs. Yeah, yeah they they pretty much steamrolled Chicago. They had nothing to answer. Uh, the Astros have made it a little bit more interesting. Um, who did they start off playing? I can't remember who they beat in the ALDS. Do you remember? No, it wasn't Cleveland, was it? I think it might have been. Honestly, you no. Might- the Yankees beat Cleveland, so it would have been who won the wild card game. Dude, no, the Yankees won the wild card game. I feel like the oh, the worst, Red Sox. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I feel like the worst baseball fan ever because I haven't really, I didn't really start paying attention until the championship series. Yeah, that's when it really counts. Yeah. Um, anyways, but yeah, I mean they beat the Red Sox. I think that was a fairly close series. I can't recall. They might have beat them like three games to one, which isn't so bad. Uh, but the Yankee series, man, I I thought Houston was gonna choke. I'm like, I can't believe this. The Yankees pitching. It was what three one at one point. The Yankees were up three to two. So Houston took the first two, and then the Yankees swept at home so they only had to win one more game and to the Yankees credit uh they took Brian Kenny's uh idea of bullpenning because the Yankees starting pitching when you look at it they have Severino but he's never been that good before this year and then they have Sabathia who's kind of washed up future Um, Padre yeah future Padre um and then they have uh Tanaka who's solid but you never know when he's going to blow out and he's not what he was when he first came up or first came into the league um, but Joe Girardi did a really good job of just bullpenning the shit out of the games. I think David Robertson was out there for like two or three innings at a time. Uh, they had that one. I think it was Chad Green, I think is his name. I think so. The guy's throwing. He looks like a serial killer throwing absolute <laughs> smoke. Why say that? Because he's white. No, just he just had this stone cold look on his face. <laughs> so it looked like he was ready to kill somebody. Um, but they did a really good job, and then they choked it at the end. Yeah, I think uh, Chase Headley left a small village on the base pass. Oh, good old Chase Headley coming through when it really counts. Yeah. So, dude, I was sitting there every single time Chase Headley stepped up to the plate. I had my fucking Twitter open. Stunned. I was like, oh, let's go. Yeah. And sure enough, man, he, he made it interesting for me. So. Yeah, we, uh, we caught the game at uh, Poway's uh, Players uh, Sports Bar. Yeah. Uh, on and, uh, Game 6. That we was really exciting. classed up that joint. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew who we were. No. <laughs> <laughs> we went in anonymously, but... Um, that was actually a fun game. I think uh, who was, uh, that was Vertlander pitching that game, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's right, because uh, Charlie Morton won Game 7. Yeah, how about Verlander? Let me ask you, just give me a reactionary statement here. Yes or no Hall of Fame? Yes. I agree. Especially if they win the World Series. As dumb as it sounds, especially if they win the World Series, and he has a good showing. Yeah, it's not dumb because that's kind of stuff that people will, like, hold on to. Like, I could see people complaining that when it really counted, like, Trevor Hoffman blew a lot of saves, you know, in, like, the clip, like, 2007 and the World Series, things like that. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Verlander is borderline Hall of Fame. I think winning a World Series is going to push him up. He's also had a couple of down years prior to this year. Maybe not last year, but the, I think a couple of years before that. Yeah. He's kind of, he looked like he lost velocity. I don't know if he was healthy, but. Well, he's like 34, 35 right yeah, now. And he seems 90, better than ever. Yeah, he's humming 90 fucking eight. Yeah. <laughs> at, at, in his mid-30s. Maybe he's just having a resurgence. Like I said maybe he wasn't healthy for a couple of years, and you, know, you just never know it, knew it. And Banging Kate Upton definitely doesn't hurt. No, no, he's the MVP. He's a Hall of Famer just for that. 
Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer for the uh, the leaks. I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was his phone that was leaked. Yeah, was it? Thanks, Justin. We appreciate it. Yeah, dude. He, uh, man, undefeated in elimination games. I believe so. We haven't verified it, but I believe that was something they mentioned on the telecast. And, uh, and again, it, that's largely out of his control other than he can only limit the other team. But the fact that he gives his team a chance to win in elimination games, that's a big deal. Um, the other guy that I think, he's starting to get some pub. Lance McCullers Jr., man. Oh, yeah, dude. Good. Game 7. God almighty. Just... You know, on the on the Make the Padres Great Again uh, podcast, they were talking about how <laughs> all season you go through and you win games, and both these World Series teams have won over 100 games. Yeah, I think it's the first time. Uh, In years. If ever, I think uh, MLB Network was saying that two 100-win teams playing each other in the World Series. Yeah, so the point is, like, hey, you won those games one certain way. You know, you you pitch your starter, and then you brought in your bullpen. And they were saying how, especially Elston, how he hated bringing starters in in relief. I think it's ridiculous. It makes no and sense. And I do, too. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. And then when McCullers comes in, I tweeted all of them. I tweeted Gennaro, Elston, and uh, Woodsy. He was on that show. I said, what the fuck is McCullers doing in here? And Woods wanted the Yankees to win. So I said, hey, if they're going to strike, it's going to be now. Because he came in, and he had to sit for, I think it was a half hour because of a long inning. And then he comes in. Um, from the bullpen, and I, I said to myself, hey, they're going to light this guy up. And sure enough, dude, he shut that fucking shit down. He did, and I, I agree with the idea that, like, like if they bring Verlander out for uh, relief, I can't remember what team did it, and it looked absolutely awful in doing so. It's one of the Verlander did and gave up a home run. That, um, you know what, that might have been it, yeah. For somebody like McCullers, though, when he's, like, third or fourth down in the depth chart as your starters, I like the idea of having one guy, like, one just – shotgun arm that you can run in there and give you if you need it three four or five innings to shut the team down it worked out for him because i think he pitched three so he might have yeah. gone through the lineup once maybe twice and we the numbers are out there the more time you go through the lineup the higher the on base the higher the slugging but to have a guy like mccullers if, if that's what you're going to designate him as like if, for instance if aj since going is going into the series saying look it's going to be keichel it's going to be verlander and it's going to be morton and tells mccullers you are my four guy you're going to come in when I need more than two innings out of the bullpen, and you're just going to shut shit down. I think that's smart because that's what Girardi was doing, but Girardi, you know, with the Yankees had more one-inning guys. Really, the Yankees only need four or five innings from their starters. They have more than enough guys to get them one inning each to close the game out. But having a weapon like McCullers who can go two or three innings one time, one and a half times through the lineup and shut them down and just pitch max effort for, you know, basically what amounts to half a game. Right. Um, that that's a great weapon to have. I hope that's how they use him the rest of the series. I think that's actually a good call. I mean, I don't know how much time was there a day, maybe two days spaced in between each game. Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You brought something up um, off air uh, when we first got over here. By the way, it's a hundred fucking degrees in Pacific Beach. Yeah, I don't know why we're right off the damn coast. We could walk to the beach. Yeah, but uh, anyways, while we were sitting here uh, bathing in heat. You brought up the idea, because I, I had mentioned a meme a good friend of mine had posted uh, that said, uh, Kershaw can't blow up in the seventh if you pull him after five. <laughs> and, uh, That's true. I, and you brought up, can you imagine if Dave Roberts pitched him only five innings? And then, uh, well, I brought that up, and you said, yeah, if you do that, you can get him for three starts. And I thought, hmm, usually you can get 14 to 18 innings out of your top guy, unless you bring him into like game seven out of the pen, which is stupid. Like it's not like it, it's it's not like they're losing him like McCullers, right? So usually you can bank on two starts from your ace, and then hopefully give him on short rest. Would you be open to the idea of Kershaw maybe just going five, and then pitching if they can get to game seven, pitching three games? 
And if they need him in a game five or a game six because they have to win, then they have him in the bullpen. Kind of like how Bumgarner was used. I'm for that because I want the Dodgers to lose. And I'm still not convinced. I'm sorry, John Avilas. I'm still not convinced that Kershaw is going to get the job done in the World Series. I'm not convinced the rest of the rotation is going to get the job done. Like I said, the kind of steamroll teams, the Cubs were good, uh, but I don't think they're as good as they expected. You know, they had like auto outs in the lineup, like Albert Almora. He's not a great hitter. Jason Hayward's an empty bat. Scrub. Yeah, they had all kinds of guys. Him and all of his war. Yeah, he's not anymore. But he doesn't hit enough anymore. But, uh, you know, they had, like, you know, revolving door and left. Javi Baez is fun to watch, but when you actually look at his numbers, he's not that great of a hitter. He's not. No, he's not. You know, Addison Russell had a down year. And obviously the Diamondbacks were good, but, you know, they only played them three times. So I do think that stacking up, you know, Kershaw is better than Keuchel. I don't think the Dodgers have another pitcher anywhere close to Verlander at all. No. Not even I mean, they have Darvish. But Darvish wasn't even that good this year. Like, he had a couple good starts, but, I mean, he mowed down the Padres. whoop he doo Yeah. Like, he had a really good first start, and then he kind of blew up for a little bit, and I think the Padres hurt him. And then he mowed down the Padres. But if, if I look up his numbers, I wouldn't be surprised to see that he wasn't staff ace. He's more middle rotation. He might not even have been as good as Rich Hill in his short time there. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. But um, I, I – Dave Roberts would get annihilated if he goes that route. If they lost. No. I think even if they – well, during the game, oh, yeah. he's going to get annihilated. If they win, they'll be like, oh, hey, wow, this guy's actually pretty smart. <sighs> but if they lose, then that looks really, really bad. To me, it makes all the sense in the world because – Well, their bullpen is hot, yeah, so well, I'll go with you there. Their bullpen is really hot. They have Maeda in the pen, and Maeda has been absolutely stellar. Um, they also have Brandon Morrow who can give him an inning or two, and then obviously you can get Kenley Jansen in there. He can give you I – mean, we saw it last year. He can give you two or three innings at a time, so – I feel like it wouldn't be a bad strategy for two reasons. Number one, um, you get into that bullpen, you shorten the game up. And number two, you know Kershaw is going to start game four. It's going to go at least four games. If you get into a game five, game six, game seven situation, well, number one, he would start game seven. But if you get into a game five, game six situation where we got to shut these guys down, this is an absolute must win, then you have Kershaw who's only thrown ten innings in two games as opposed to seven innings or eight innings in one game. So it gives them that extra weapon that they would need. It'd be cool if they do it, but they're not. They're not going to do it, and that's probably part of the reason. Brian Kenny would do it. Oh, yeah, he absolutely would. By the way, how on fire has Brian Kenny been on Twitter digging up old tweets? That's why I brought it up for you, because I know that's your guy there. Yeah. Dude, the other, day on, oh, the other day on Twitter, oh, man, he was going <laughs> off on every – he was digging up old tweets from, like, 2013 when he was all over the Astros jock and he was getting shit on for it. Oh, man, it was great. Check out uh, Brian Kenny on Twitter for that. It's a hilarious run. Yeah. It hilarious was run. Quite, quite funny. But So uh, let's, just, let's just throw it out there, Eric. Not who do you want to win, who do you think wins this World Series as uh, we get close to wrapping this up. You know, both teams, both teams are good. There's no doubt about it. With, I mean, over 100 wins, we talked about that. I honestly feel like, the Astros are going to... I feel like the Astros are the better team. I'm not just saying that because there's the the bias that I don't like the Dodgers. I feel like the Astros, top to bottom, they're a better team. It all depends on how they hit off the bull... They have to get some runs off the bullpen, off off of LA's bullpen. And if they do, if they can break those guys, I, I, like, I like the Astros' shot. I agree. I think that... I think with the Kershaw game, you hope for the best. I think they have to jump all over Rich Hill, and I think they have to jump on Darvish. I do think... Top to bottom, I think honestly they're pretty even. Um, I, I I have a hard time picking because when I think about the Dodgers lineup, I think God, it's so deep. 
Um, so I'm going to go with the Astros just because um, I like Verlander and Morton more than I like uh, the combo of Davis and Darvish, or uh, Rich Hill and uh, you Darvish. Um, but I do think that the the bullpen issues that Houston has had in the playoffs, I think it's overplayed. It's a really small sample size. Every bullpen goes through a bad week or so, and they've had like 35 innings. So I'm going to agree with you on Houston. Did you know, and and I don't know if you knew this or not, and I don't know if this is going to be a, a you know breaking news alert to a lot of people here, um, but were you aware of the fact that Dave Roberts couldn't even get an interview in San Diego for their managerial opening? Did I, you know that? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Who cares? Had you heard that before? Like I, I thought I'd five heard million it. times before. I thought I'd heard it maybe once Jesus or twice. Christ. Who cares? And, and then there's the uh, there's the people who are like, hey, if Andy Green was managing the Dodgers, would he have made it to the World Series? Probably. Probably. Andy Green is considered a very. Very good both developer of young talent and a very good strategically tactical manager. So if you put Andy Green in that front office, which is like one of the largest analytical teams in baseball, probably. Dave Roberts, I don't know if he's a bad manager. I don't watch enough of his games to know. But I do know that he has the best payroll in all of baseball, the highest payroll in all of baseball. I do know that he is stacked with two superstars at first base and at shortstop. I also know that he has the best pitcher in all of baseball at the top of his rotation, and they have a loaded farm system on top of it. Plus, they have Justin Turner. I mean, really, technically, if you put Chris Taylor at second and say he's our starting second baseman, their entire infield's an all-star team. And you got Brandon Barnes and Grandal. Those guys are both everyday catchers, and they're platooning. And you can put Barnes in second. I mean, his team is loaded. If our boy Craig Meddy would ever get off of Periscope, he could manage the Dodgers <laughs> to a yeah, World yeah. Series. Shout out to Craig Meddy. What's up, Craig? Yeah. No, but seriously, man. It's like you look at these teams and... They're loaded. There's no way what, Dave Roberts wins anything here. What? Would, yeah, I was going to say, what would Dave Roberts do if he was here? Nothing. Nothing. Number one. Number two. The other thing with Dave Roberts, you have to understand, yeah, he's in his first managerial gig. He's got a great team. Part of it is also going to be the front office. I 100% believe that by the time Preller and, and company got here, Bud Black had been here long enough to where he kind of had more you know, leeway in the front office. I think Keith Law during a chat had said that, strategically speaking, Bud Black was better in, his, uh, in the first couple of years of the Hoyer regime, which got here in 2010, right? Yeah. So those first couple of years, then he was when Burns took over, who... Burns, I think, is somewhat analytical, but not as much. So it does come down from the front office as well. Um, so you could take the Dodgers front office and you could take Dave Roberts and move him over here into San Diego. The Padres aren't going to win any more games. They're not. I mean, they number one, they already overperformed. I mean, they, they played well above expectations, well above the run differential. But Dave Roberts isn't going to win shit here because no. the talent, it's, it's loft. Lack of fucking talent. But he's from San Diego, though. Who cares? I'm sure his wine tastes wonderful. He's a good dude. whoop de doo He's the best dude. He also he also attacked our manager from behind like a coward, and nobody seems to mention that. Yeah, no one gives a shit. Yeah, I know. They blame that on Andy Green because the umpire got in front of him before he could do anything. You know, the thing is, when I look at these two teams, the Dodgers and the Astros, when I look at these teams and I look at what it takes to get to this point... I don't think that the Padres are anywhere close. No. Like, right now, maybe maybe I'll feel differently at the end of next year once the talent in the minors have Probably progressed. 2020. 
That's when you'll feel better about it. Yeah, but as of right now, I look at it, I'm like, dude, we don't have enough. We don't have nearly enough. No, and you made a good point off air that but really, I don't think the Indians made a big pitching trade, but every... The, all four teams in the championship yeah, series. All four teams. They all made a big trade uh, either at the deadline or for the Astros case uh, post-deadline in August to get a big piece. The Dodgers got you Darvish. Uh, the Astros got... Um, Verlander. Verlander. Who did the Yankees get? The Yankees got well, Sonny Gray. That's right. They did get Sonny Gray. They also got a trade for Jaime Garcia. And then the Cubs got Quintana. That's right. Yeah. And and that's what you were saying is that this is why we want the Potters to build this super deep, consistently deep system and why it, it works for teams like the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Astros, because it puts you in a position where when you get close, you have the currency in minor league talent to move to get that big piece. You know, like let's say I'm just throwing names out there, but let's say the Nationals decide, you know, we can't pay Steven Strasburg for the last three years of his contract. We need to move him. San Diego called. They want to give us, you know, three of their top ten prospects or all top hundred prospects in baseball, and they're going to take on the salary. That's a move that you have to be able to make in order to compete, and that's a move you have to have the farm system to have because if you this is part of the reason why the Padres never made big trades in KT's era. And as a fan base, we have to be more open, open to yeah. those moves when they happen because it's going to happen. Yeah, like for instance, you know, in talking about trading like. Uh, Luis Urias, do you want to trade him? No, absolutely not. But if it's the right piece at the right time, you have to be open to sacrificing because the reality is championship banners fly forever. You think the Cubs are kicking themselves in the ass that they gave up Glaber Torres, who's arguably the top prospect in baseball, for two months of Chapman? Nope, because they won a championship, and yep. that's all that counts. So. Yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to have to be okay that these, these moves are going to happen because as is right now, we don't have enough. No. And even like with the Astros, so you can say a majority of their team is homegrown, and really the Yankees were too. If you look at them, they're yeah. not—they're not the old Yankees no, going out there signing they're, all these. Their guys. rebuild went really well, really quickly. Yeah, and they're still loaded. <laughs> and and you know those are a lot of homegrown guys, and those are good homegrown guys. But I don't think we have those guys yet. And watching the the championship series is is really a slap in the face. It's, it's a wake up call. Yeah. You know, it's throwing water in our faces. Padre fans are like, hey, we're not even close. And even then, the Astros still made, as did the Dodgers, they still made smart moves. Like the Chris Taylor move for the Dodgers has worked out really well. He's retooled his swing. They just had a a bid on him on MLB Network showing uh, the difference in his swing. Uh, The Astros went and Reddick after stinking for the Dodgers last year. They went out and signed Reddick. Beltran wasn't very good, but they went out to make that move. They made a trade with the Yanks to get McCann, who I don't know how well he did, but he's their starting catcher. So... It's, it's a combination. The best way to do it is to build up the farm, just like the Cubs did, just like the Astros, and the Dodgers, too, because they have homegrown guys. Uh, but build up the farm so you have a strong foundation and then use the excess talent that you know you're not going to be able to use because you have a Seager or a, hopefully a Tatis Jr. or you have you know, a Morajone or a, a Baez, and so you can move those extra guys to get that extra piece and to invest in payroll, whether it's to get the best player on the market or to make smaller but really good moves like getting a Josh Reddick on a short-term deal. But are we going to invest in payroll? I think so. I, I honestly... Do you really think that? I do because, number one, when Preller first got here, um, you know, management opened up the wallet, and then they let him bring in all these high-priced players. And when he made the deals he needed to make, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was stunned that the ownership was willing to eat so much dead money to get these guys off the roster and to bring in actual minor league talent. 
Plus, they just they spent an arm and a leg on the international draft, which I think has to work out for them to not be a bust. Um, so I do think that when the time comes, Ron Fowler and company, and Ron does want to win. I mean, to, to, for all his faults. If nothing else, yeah. yeah. For all his faults, he does want to win. So I can see them for a five-year run just investing in payroll to try to bring in or sign or acquire some kind of big piece that's going to need prospects and money to get so that they can compete. I do have that faith. And I have no reason not to believe in them based on this point. And I do think we should give them a shot to see if this rebuild works, if they're actually going to put their money where their mouth is. Do you know what else uh, watching the championship series has uh, made me th- uh, think of? And it's really opened up my eyes. And How it should. good a color scheme blue and oranges? <laughs> Among other things. But as Padre fans, we need to cut the shit because Urias will never be Jose Altuve. I don't know where you're seeing. I don't know where you're seeing this. Maybe it's just- you've never seen people compare. Oh my God, he's gonna be Jose Altuve. You know why? Because no. he's small and he's Latino and he plays second base. Oh, and he hits. <laughs> and he hits for no. average. No, he's not. He's Altuve is he's a once in a generation player. Like he, there's no there's no comp for that. Nobody Altuve wasn't even supposed to be this good. It's kind of like Robbie Cano, right? Like he was never supposed to be this good. He just hit his 99th percentile of 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 potential. That's all it is. Urias, at worst, is probably a guy you can... He's like Baez without the power. You can plug him into different positions. He's going to hit enough and play enough defense to play everywhere. Worst case scenario, best case scenario, he's an everyday, above average second baseman. And that's it. Yeah, He's not He's not going to be in the... I think Altuve is going to win the MVP, personally. Yeah, I don't well, think because be Trout sure. got hurt. Yeah, Trout got hurt. Judge fell off a little bit the second half, but... And, you know, I, I think Altuve is going to win the MVP. That's a lot to ask of, of Luis Urias when he's 20 years old. Yeah. But y- you're serious? You've never seen people say, like, hey, he's going to be Thank God, Jose no. Altuve? No, because I probably would have blown my brains out right after hearing, yeah, you know, we never gave Dave Roberts an interview. Plus, Altuve, you know, that could be Urias in five years. <laughs> I'll just well, kill the, myself. That's the beauty of being a Padre fan is that's that's what we get to deal with. So yeah. that's why uh, we want to – Check in with you guys and spew our bullshit. Yeah, and also welcome uh, our new listeners. As Eric has noted, I'm on a grassroots uh, effort <laughs> to get new listeners. So. Yeah, via Tinder. Yes. Dan, via Danny's t- out there doing the uh, footwork to yeah. get his new listeners. You know so. what? I feel I can kill two birds with one stone if they can stand talking to me and meeting me for coffee or hamburgers on my end uh, after winning a rock, paper, scissors game. Then maybe they can listen to me bullshit for 45 more minutes with my best buddy. Yeah, I will take every listener we can. <laughs> As will I. Yeah, nice to meet you, Irene. Um, so anyway. That's, that's not going to go well. I can see the unmatched now. <laughs> I will be quickly and swiftly removed from Snapchat. Anyway, so um, yeah, that's about all we got. We're about 35 minutes in, just exactly what we expected. So um, one more time, going down to it. Uh, just to kind of wrap it up, World Series, you got the Astros. I've got the Let's Go Stros. How many games? I'm going to call it in seven. Yeah. I think I got, it's going to go seven. I'm going to make it very interesting, and I'm going to completely agree with you. <laughs> I got the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And then uh, uh-huh. before before we get out of here, sure. before we get out of here, Absolutely. who is um, who's going to be the Padres yeah. hitting coach next year? Yes or no? Will it be Barry Bonds? Oh, yes, it will be. And I'm buying me a Bonds jersey if he gets hired. What about you? I'm going to say fuck no. We'll check in with you guys <laughs> later on. We're out of here.
Thank you.